I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. There's world music, there's fourth world music, and there's Stefan Mikas. He's a German composer who takes instruments from around the globe and combines them in layered acoustic soundscapes. He's recorded 26 albums since his 1976 debut, Archaic Concerts, most of them on ECM Records. I have an extended edition of our radio feature when I talk to Stefan Mikas about other world music. Before we get to that, I have a great album to tell you about. It's called Shimmer by Kevin Keller. Keller is a leading exponent of ambient chamber music and he creates a kinetic ride of vintage synthesizers and pianos on an album of minimalist melodies and rhythmic drive. It's an album designed to conjure up the sound of dreams and memories. It's also the Echoes CD of the month for October. You can read my review at echoes.org. Get your dreams going with Kevin Keller's Shimmer. It's available on CD, download, and limited edition vinyl at kevinkeller.com. That's kevinkeller.com. And now, the other world music of Stefan Mikas. Before there was a genre called world music, there was Stefan Mikas, playing instruments from Afghanistan to India to Indonesia. However, ever since his first album, Archaic Concerts in 1976, the German composer was never making world music. He was creating otherworldly music. He plays his ethnic instruments in non-traditional ways, multi-tracking them in layered arrangements and creating a usually meditative excursion. He recently released his 26th album, Winter's End, and it continues his journey from the ancient to the unknown. When he got out of college, Stefan Mikas wanted to learn the sitar, so he went to India and studied there. He wanted to learn the shakuhachi, so he decamped to Japan and studied with a master there. He's explored onklongs in Indonesia and had a bass chikolo made in Mozambique. These are some of the sounds that populate the music of Stefan Mikas, a world music without a home. There was a moment when to call this music world music, it made some sense because it applied to music which tried to combine instruments or feelings from different parts of the world and create something new, you know, which is the line that runs through all my work is to combine the different instruments from different places and make something new. So for this, made sense to call it world music. But with everything that is not Western music called world music these days, that felt wrong for the sound Mikas is creating. But when I offer him world fusion, he seems to like that a little bit more. I didn't know this, would you call that a slogan or yeah, genre name? Yeah, I didn't know this. It definitely makes much more sense.
In reality, Stefan Mikas has created his own genre. I'm speaking to him on Zoom from Mallorca, which may explain the mediocre audio. Born in 1953 in Stuttgart, Germany, he actually started out as a relatively conventional musician. Yeah, I was a rocker. I, in the school, we had a rock group, and uh, actually I was playing um, electric guitar and singing. And then later on, there came the group Jethro Tull. I really loved and they made me start learning the concert flute not much later actually there started to come the first recordings of Indian classical music and this really blew my mind you know, that was for me an incredible opened really some door and Actually, I had the honor to meet Ravi Shankar in Munich, and he gave me some advice. In 72, I was finishing the school, and um, I made a vow to never enter a school again, which I kept to this day. And I, I knew what I really want to do is go to India and study the sitar. sat on the doorstep of a sitarist in India until he would teach him. He used the sitar, but already realized it was a limitation to his more global concept. What I wanted to do from the very beginning is to create new things with these instruments and to create new soundscapes and to combine instruments from different cultures. And if you using the sitar, it's very difficult to get out of this sitar world. And that's why I, after the very first years, I stopped playing sitar. I'm not sure if I will ever play again this sitar, maybe not. Instead, he plays instruments like the Turkish neigh, the Japanese shakuhachi, Bavarian zither, American hammered dulcimer, and Trinidadian steel drums. He stacks these up in multiples in a compositional process that is highly intuitive. The way I compose is that usually I have uh, one instrument which at the moment has a lot of interest for me. And I start improvising. And I have always a tape machine running. And there may be hours of improvising. And then at some point I find some phrase which I think is good, which I think is interesting. And this then acts like a seed. And from this seed I start working around this phrase.
every Stefan Mikas album enters a different world on the recordings Wings Over Water and Twilight Fields. Central instruments are flower pots. My parents lived in a farmhouse and my mother had, uh, she was taking care of the garden and she one day asked me, hey, can you bring me this flower pot from there? And so as an obedient son, I took the flower pot and brought it to her and put it on the ground. And in that moment, it made a sound, very beautiful sound. And then I started to hit it with the hands or later on with mallets. And I found that these flower pots, they have a really beautiful sound, actually. And then I started to collect different sizes. I was the terror of every flower shop because I came in and tried out the pitches of all flower pots and after maybe making a mess of the shop and three hours testing I would buy one pot <laughs> and uh, so after some years I had a chromatic set of I think three octaves or something and I enjoyed a lot uh, play with them. Then there was the music of stones. He'd heard singing stones in Japan and then came across a German sculptor, Elmer Docker, working in meter-thick blocks of serpentine and granite. One day he called me and he said, you know, I have this exhibition in the Cathedral of Ulm, which is the biggest Protestant church in the world with the highest church tower of any church anywhere and it fits 7,000 people. So anyway, he had this uh, exhibition there and he said, uh, you know, that is a unique chance because even to transport these stones from his house to the cathedral, which was only like 50 kilometers, it cost uh, 20,000. In money of today, it would be $50,000 only for the transport. So he said, don't you want to try and compose some music for these stones which are in this cathedral? On his album Winter's End, Mikas again went traveling, this time to Mozambique to study a marimba-style instrument called the chicolo. It's a very African instrument. 
I mean, I when I, I was in the capital Maputo during the time when they built it, they, I mean, they made this instrument especially for me. And I was there every day with the builder and I was seeing how the wood arrived from some villages far away and they cut it and they put it over the fire to dry it and they made a ceremony uh, where no women could be around and they put salt on it and then they tuned it and they tuned the gods. So all this experience was very important to connect with the instrument also. Migas doesn't ever play traditional music on any of these instruments, but many of them, like the chicolo, put him in touch with the spirit of their origin. Well, we have four keys of tropical wood, so there is the feeling of jungle. I can imagine those gigantic trees that they cut to make this instrument, and I asked them, how do you tune the chicolo? And they said, you know, we... We don't really care. The simplest instrument that Mikas plays is the human voice. He has a deep, dusky tenor that he deploys in multiple layers, often sounding like a Georgian choir. I visited the holy mountain Athos in Greece, where you have the Byzantine choirs. And from very long ago, I was very attracted to the choral music of Georgia, not Georgia in the US, but Georgia in the Caucasus. And uh, when it was possible to travel to these places, I immediately took the chance and I went several times to Georgia and also to Bulgaria, which is the other real great place for in Bulgaria, it's usually female choirs. So uh, in those two places, I have been several times taking classes with singers and studying. Usually in those places, the choral pieces are with three parts. And it was for me a great experience to learn all the three voices and sing them with, together with two other singers. But on his albums, it's all Stefan Migas. So- On the pamphlet for Stefan Mikas' Winter's End album, there's a quote, Although there is the road, the child walks in the snow. So is that talking about you? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) When I choose this poem, I didn't really think about me, but I, I just really liked it. 
But that's you. And then later on, so many people said, yeah, that's you. That's, that's exactly you, you know. And, uh, well, uh, I take it as a compliment because um, I try, and I think this is very important for all artists and musicians to keep uh, at least a little part of our child nature. And also going on the path not traveled. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> Stefan Mikas, traveling new paths in an imaginary world born from the earth and its cultures. His latest album is Winter's End on ECM Records. On the posting for this podcast, I've got a link to Stefan Mikas' latest album, Winter's End. You'll find it at echoes.org. I'm John DiLiberto. I'll see you next week when we talk with a pioneer of ambient chamber music, Kevin Keller. This has been the Echoes Podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or at Echoes Online right now or whenever you want.